Hey you, listening to this podcast right now. Do you ever think, man, there are so many kick-ass market research podcasts. I wish there was some sort of an award for them so I could go and vote for my favorite. Well, you're in luck. The Market Research Podcast Award is back. Vote for your favorite podcast in the insights industry and bestow upon them the title of MR Podcast of the Year. Nominations are now closed and voting is open. Vote for your absolute favorite market research podcast at littlebirdmarketing.com slash MR hyphen podcast hyphen award. Voting closes August 31st, 2021, and the winner will be announced in October at Greenbook's IIEX North America. Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. With me today is a friend of a friend. And as we all know, any friend of mine that introduces me to a friend is going to be a wonderful friend. So (laughs) Michelle Ronson, thank you for joining me here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Well, you're going to love this. Michelle is a professionally trained graphic designer and a design strategist. So uh, smart cookie. Let me just let me just assure you of that. She completed the Leading by Design Fellows Program to secure deep expertise in design and user research, user-centered design, UX strategy, and innovation acceleration. So you can imagine a lot of her expertise is going to apply to so many things that are moving and changing and hot topics that are in market research. Uh, today. But she is the founder of Curiosity Tank, and they are a consulting and educational firm specializing in human-centered research, design development, and hands-on learning programs. We're going to talk about that a lot today, about what a huge need there is right now for really teaching people how to do this at a high level. So she has obviously taught design and user research all around the world, and we are going to hear her point of view on this very, very amazing and really big growth opportunity in the market research industry. So Michelle, let's start there. What's going on in UX, CX, HX? Like what is it that all of these uh, acronyms we can throw out there, what is going on in that world? It's an incredibly exciting time for someone like me or anybody in any sort of X industry. And by X, I mean experience. Um, as you um, mentioned, there's CX, there's UX, there's MRX. Um, I think that you know, there are some silos that exist and many people like myself are working to kind of break down those silos. Um, but there have never been more jobs, more tools, more platforms, more need for research. The number of research jobs, user research specific jobs and internships is at an all time high. The amount of people who want to transition into this field is also at an all time high. And this growth, I see it not only in jobs and uh, requests, but also, as you mentioned, through my school, um, the number of people that are looking to take my classes as individuals to either upskill in this area. I see a lot of market researchers. I see a lot of academic researchers. And I see a lot of people from unrelated industries as well, dental hygienists and school superintendents and um, the my student community, my alumni community, my corporate workshops, all of that, the, the demand um, has, has really kind of outpaced um, the ability to, to deliver on it. And it's incredibly exciting. 
Yeah. So you you have such a unique uh, vantage point to uh, answer this question, but why? Why do you think there's been this explosion in an interest in the experience? I think it's a culmination of a lot of things. Um, certainly COVID accelerated our growth. Our patterns and our behaviors changed, as did our reliance on technology. Um, so we need to understand our path forward. We need, we have, um, as we, the kind of the global, we have a, a newfound understanding and appreciation for how these things work um, and a need to move at the speed in which we are evolving. And when you think of, you know, artificial intelligence or voice recognition, when you think of different platforms like Slack, um, we really have evolve to a point where we have to have a better understanding um, of, of how we communicate and how we can be productive in this remote world. So I, I think that that introduced, you know, kind of um, one accelerant. Another is that we have more data than we've ever had before, right? We've got big data, we rate your Lyft driver, your Uber driver at every instance, you know, you've got a pop-up on every website asking you if you found what you were looking for and so forth. So we need to make sense of that data too. Also, we have bigger problems, right? We have um, climate issues. We have environmental issues. We've got clean water issues. We've got food scarcity issues. We have, um, I'm in Colorado now, as you know, but we have, you know, methane issues, right? The, the, the cows, you know, are creating these issues in the environment. And that has an impact, I mean, on everything from our farming communities to food distribution. Um, and it's just all interconnected. When you think about the vaccinations, we've got the attitudes and behaviors of the people who both want to get vaccinated and the people who don't. And understanding these things is gonna be really critical to our way forward, our path forward. Yeah, well, that's a huge, huge view of it. I mean, really what you're saying is that, of course, you know, we're human. So experience is a part of every single thing that we do. Everything we touch, we interact with, we talk to. Um, as one of my friends was talking about how their kid got in the car and kept saying Alexa to the radio. Like, Alexa's not in the car with us. <laughs> you know, this is like, you know, we, we come to uh, 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 start on a way of life and yet everything is not completely interconnected yet. So those are some funny ways that, you know, some of this experience is affecting our lives. But those are some of the big things. But can you, for people who really um, haven't made the connection, can you give maybe two or three examples of small ways, like either design, you know, uh, user design is being used or, you know, how they're testing for experience? Give a couple small examples. Sure. Um, we might run a very focused test on how to name a different product or feature um, within an existing platform. Uh, we might run a um, series of studies to find out which concept resonates more than another and why. Or um, I like to simplify it. People ask me what I do. Um, I typically say I, I answer one of seven questions. You know, there's a variation of these questions, but it's typically what should we build, right? So they're um, the company or the team um, sees an opportunity that they think that they're well positioned to solve for. So um, they have an idea, but they're not sure where to go with it or, or what to do. Um, so what should I build is uh, one question. Are we building the right thing is another question. Um, perhaps the response isn't as great or the, uh, they're not feeling as confident as they thought they would at whatever point they are in the development cycle. Um, 
Are we building the thing right is another question. So that's very different. Are we building the right thing versus are we building the thing right, right? Um, wh why did this metric go up or down? Or who are my customers? Like, really, how do they think? How do they feel? How do they behave? Um, should we add this feature or sunset that feature? Things like that. Um, what? How might we name this? Or do people understand X, Y, Z? Do they understand what we're, we're, we're trying to communicate? How would they explain this to a colleague, right? Um, and things like that. And then eventually it became, can you teach my team how to do what to do, how you do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah because it is so big. It's somehow you've really exhibited this knack for saying, wait a minute, we can we can package this. Like it's, you know, it, 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 it is complex, but it doesn't have to be chaotic. <laughs> and you've been able to say- it also doesn't have to be rocket science. I mean, I can work on a lot. I, I'm not going to dumb down my industry, but um, in my classes, I, I demonstrate how very simple user research can can take place within you know 30 or 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, there's this one activity I do in one of my classes where we make a giraffe origami, and we conduct a usability study on the origami directions. And it is like whiplash when people go through this experience. And I say, this is a great example. First of all, it's not technology focused and user research doesn't have to be technology focused. Oftentimes we're conducting research on hardware or service uh, design, things like that, or even directions. Um, but we run a very quick study on how well these origami directions are working and what that feeling is like to the origami maker and what the moderator or the observer um, takes in by listening and observing the maker go through these activities and these steps to hopefully or not create, you know, this giraffe origami. If there are giraffe origamis around the world. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I would just really kill to be a fly on the wall during that study. I'm sure there's also a lot of frustration <laughs> going on. I love that. I love that. Well, tell me about one thing. And this is where you and I actually connected. I had some friends who really talked about this great work you were doing, um, really crowdsourcing this UX lexicon. So this, tell me a little bit about the UX lex and why this came up and why you felt like this was a great use of your time, how this is actually actually helping the industry? Yeah, the UX Lex has definitely been a passion project for me. Um, about, two, I guess now, maybe three years ago, um, I just witnessed over and over again in my consulting work and in my classrooms and even in conversations with colleagues, how much confusion there was and still is about the terminology that we use. And I saw people hiring the wrong types of talent because of confusion over their jobs, um, the wrong projects being initiated because of lack of understanding in terms of what one um, term or, uh, for example, um, a journey map, right? What's the difference between a journey map and an experience map? And, and when that is not clearly understood and one is being asked for and delivered, yet the other one is really needed, it results in a lot of rework. So I heard my students and my colleagues over and over again ask these questions or these situations become confusing. And I started to look for a comprehensive resource where I could direct people um, to look it up for yourself, you know, do the, do the comparison for yourself. And um, much to my surprise, 
nothing comprehensive existed. And I was really, really surprised about that. Um, and the UX Lex was formed um, to do just that, to reduce the amount of confusion, um, to reinforce the professional status of our industry, to avoid misunderstanding. So that hopefully, ultimately, it will save time and it will save money so that we can do what we do best, right? Which is understand people's attitudes and behaviors. But if we're, if we're not coming from a shared vocabulary, you know, out of the gate, which is also interesting in and of itself, because as people who work in UX and user experience or customer experience or whatever X you identify with or not, right? We, we aspire to create these terrific experiences, but what we've done with our own terminology is create a mess. Insights Marketing Day is back. This one-day face-to-face event will be packed full of industry-leading speakers providing essential tips and tools to improve your company's marketing. From social media to blogging, web to growth hacking strategies, branding, and lead generation, we'll cover a range of topics that need to be addressed for a successful, comprehensive, and interconnected marketing plan. We'll talk big picture with strategy and annual content calendars down to the granular level of getting more visible on LinkedIn. So you leave informed and inspired. If you're ready to get a jumpstart on making 2022 your best year ever, don't miss Insights Marketing Day. Visit insights-marketing.org. Use the code PERCH, P-E-R-C-H, for 20% off your ticket price. See you there. Well, we're going to be sure to include that in the uh, show notes, but you can go to curiositytank.com forward slash UX hyphen lexicon and go take a look at it there. So you, you, you've created this, but tell me to what degree is this an ongoing, you know, is it, is it just always evolving or what? It's always evolving. Uh, so Janet Standen, um, who is a beloved colleague of mine, we still meet regularly to flesh out um, new terms and new definitions. We, um, in the last month, I think we added six more um, to the UX lexicon project. Janet is the one that actually named it and we fondly call it the UX lex. Um, and one of the things that, that people have really responded well to are the Tuesday terms emails where you can sign up for a term to be delivered to your email inbox every Tuesday. It's totally free. And we highlight one term and uh, you can sign up for that at curiositytank.com forward slash UX dash Lex, L-E-X dash weekly dash emails. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Oh, that'd be so awesome. And Janet, she's also done so much for the industry. I love this collaboration. Nothing like really gets me happier than hearing two really smart people get together and not just say, hey, this is good for us, but this is going to be great for the industry. So let's talk about that because you used a, a one little phrase there. You said, this is good for the professional status of the industry. And I'd like to dig into what you meant there. So, you know, it's not on one hand, you're saying it's not rocket science. On the other hand, the rigor of what we're really doing in research and how we approach things and how we are really calling a spade a spade. Tell me about how you think that this, this um, common you know, vernacular and common vocabulary is really you know, helping the professional status of, of, you know, of UX researchers. 
But if you think about it, other industries like the architecture industry or the medical industry, they all have, you know, formal kind of definitions or dictionaries, if you will, that they can refer to and cross-reference. And we don't. We don't in the UX space. We don't in the marketing space. And I think that once we can flesh out some sort of um, baseline, it will increase the credibility we have as an industry. And that was something that Janet actually was really motivated Janet to and, and motivates Janet to continue to become involved is what we're both extremely passionate about the space coming from different angles and and we have really complementary backgrounds. Um, ultimately, we should be able to get here. And that will help all of us as an organization that will help not only the practitioners within it, but the clients that we serve as well. Once we have a place where we can point people to start conversations or at least begin to banter their different interpretations of a concept or a key term, um, we'll be in a better place and we'll, we'll all be able to work more efficiently that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I really love that. And also, it is really important because you said there is really an explosion in this area. And so it's kind of like, well, the quicker we can get this all together, <laughs> the, the less chaos there's going to be around these positions. So let's end talking a little bit about your perspective on the, the staffing and the skilling. You, you brought that up a little bit earlier about, you know, what is changing. And I, I have noticed from outside the industry, there's this revolving door. You know, you'll have agencies, um, maybe market research firms, and then also in clients doing this constant contraction and expansion of just saying, you know, oh, we're going to go, we're going to outsource all our research. Oh, no, we're going to insource all our research. We're going to, you know, and so there's these, these hiring trends. And with all of these new, like, experience types of jobs, um, you know, I am seeing people hiring people specifically for user design and specifically for these experience types of things. But tell me what the phenomenon that you see is happening with hiring and staffing and why you think this has created such a demand for training. Well, I think as we become more technologically savvy and as our world becomes more interconnected, um, there's more of a need and there's also more of an understanding um, you know, 10 years ago, UX design was new and novel, um, you know, from you know, the 10,000 foot view, uh, there weren't that many schools where you could go to learn this practice. Um, those skills were considered, uh, very, uh, in demand and, and specialized over the last 10 years. A number of schools has, have opened up, um, accredited universities have created departments, boot camps have, you know, um, sprung up all over the world. Um, as we have more apps and more technology, then the need for this has, has just grown. What's, what's more interesting to me is the explosion of user research in this space. And I think there is um, a much better understanding of the importance of finding out and making sure that what we're developing is meaningful and relevant while we're developing it, because it saves incredible time and money and rework down the road. So there's also um, simultaneously, we've moved from a more of a waterfall development process to more of an agile process and being able to feed in 
um, the, the, or take into consideration the feedback from the people who we were designing for and, and placing those people at the center of our design process to ensure that their perspectives are front and center um, has created more of a need for user researchers and user research skill sets. Mm-hmm. As a result of that, there have been many more tools and platforms that have come into the market space to help facilitate um, not only conducting research, but planning research, recruiting research, organizing our insights and our findings. Um, and we've had you know, much more of a need to understand compliance, accessibility, uh, diversity, uh, and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. But you, you know, you, you talk a lot and that there's a, a serving that you're doing here to the market research uh, community. But let's take it a, a step back for a minute, because I have heard that you at Curiosity Tank also serve outside the market research um, field and that there are just companies, corporations that are coming to you saying, hey, we do want our people to understand this to some degree. And there is training that you are doing even like in corporate workshop type of thing. Tell me what that sounds like. What are, what are they asking for? And, and why is that a fit for what you're doing? Sure. I'd say the two biggest requests from for corporate training um, are either Um, One, we don't yet have our own user researchers on staff. Our designers and our product managers um, are being tasked with conducting this, but yet they don't necessarily have the rigor, the discipline, or the skill sets to do this at the level we want, or we don't have the processes in place to make sure that we're doing this consistently. Can you help us get to the next level? So that would be... um, one area. Another area is that perhaps they do have some user researchers on staff, but most people that are practicing today don't have any formal education in the space because no formal education is available. There is no degree program where you can study user research. You can study human factors, you can study UX um, design, um, but there is no accredited um, organization if you will. Um, Some offer specific classes, but in comparison, there really isn't a lot available Um, and certainly not a lot available to come in in a corporate setting and and train this. So I have been an educator for 25 years. Um, My first uh, first language, if you will, is design. I am a classically trained designer. Um, And I started to teach literally the day after I earned my Bachelor of Fine Arts in my art school's high school experience program. So it was a very natural progression for me to move from practicing design and teaching design into practicing research and teaching research. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I really, really love that. But th- this is this is the thing I think that a lot of people listening in um, are, are really curious about because you and I talked about how there's so much movement going on right now in the market research space, a lot of people changing jobs, a lot of new interest in this burgeoning field. So I guess if we could end on this, what would be your recommendation to someone who just kind of says, you know, I'm, I'm ready for something new. I, I, would, I would like to understand more, you know, and have more of my role, more of my, my career be in the UX, you know, area. What kind of suggestions do you have for them since there is a little bit of a, you know, a choose your own adventure approach going on right now? So give them some advice. 
Um, I think it's a great question. First of all, I don't think it's a if, I think it's a when. I think if you work anywhere in the design, product development, marketing, human understanding, even sales, psychology, um, any sort of coaching or therapy or counseling kind of space, there is a great need to understand how people think and why they think that way. Um, I welcome you to um, check out Curiosity Tank workshops. Um, you can take the workshops uh, a la carte on demand, or you could sign up for a whole series, which is more where there are different levels of mentorship and guidance and interaction. Um, and I'm always happy to speak with people who are looking to learn more about um, this just amazing, amazing industry and our growth and, and the positive impact that we're having. Yeah, I love the positive impact because it's true. It's like at every step, it's looking to say, how can I make this better for humans? <laughs> That's exactly. a very exciting place to be at a very exciting place to be lending your expertise. You also had some questions about socially responsible design. Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> I, I see you're chomping at the bit because that is to me that 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 responsibility is part of the probably the thing that's driving you. Is that is that right? Well, coming from the design, um, coming from my design background, that's certainly something that is a, a little void, a constant in my head. But oh, I love it! I love it. Okay, say more. <laughs> um, there is a difference between human-centered design and socially responsible design, or green design, or sustainable design. It goes under um, many different names, or corporate social responsibility. But um, I think that the biggest difference that's helpful to know, and again, this this is sort of a lexicon issue in terms of how people think about and interpret these terms, but they are different. Um, Human-centered design focuses or places the people that we're designing for at the center of the design process. And we work very iteratively. Um, socially responsible design takes a more holistic and quote unquote, like responsible approach to find positive solutions. Um, and it places social and ethical considerations before economics or aesthetics or form. So it's really taking more of a planet centric approach. Um, whereas human centered design is a more of a human center approach. Um, and it's fascinating to see the amount of kind of cottage industries that have, or organizations that have popped up like um, B Corp and B Lab. Um, as a result of those things. Mm, I love that. And I could just hear it in your voice. It's like, that's, there's so much that's driving you. There's like some passion behind, uh, behind that aspect of it. Well, you have to go check out Curiosity Tank. So go visit that at curiositytank.com and just start looking at the UX Lex. And um, if you have something to add, sounds like she and Janet would be willing to um, add and um, really maybe uh, uh, fight out for a good explanation for a term. Maybe you're looking uh, for a definition for, um, but it is obviously a crowdsourcing effort and something to help the industry forward. So Michelle Ronson, thank you so much for joining us here on Ponderings from the Perch. It's just really nice for you to give your time and also to be giving your time to the industry to helping us all really start speaking the same language. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I hope some of you um, will join us in our September cohort for our um, next series of workshops called Ask Like a Pro. I love it. Well, you want to find her on uh, LinkedIn to be able to chat with her, but I'll just tell you right now, it's Michelle with one L and it's Ronson, R-O-N-S-E-N. So go check her out there or at Curiosity Tank. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and happy marketing. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.